Hi there. Welcome to Finding Space with Alex Tyson, the show that celebrates the everyday legends who put in the hard work to become who they want to be and live the life they want to live. For people who understand that when we practice compassion and find wisdom within ourselves, we find success and happiness. Join me in hearing amazing stories from everyday individuals who have found incredible personal and professional growth through varied and, at times, wild methods of self-improvement and self-responsibility. And through their unique perspectives and work, have gone on to better the lives of those around them. From nurturing health to growing your wealth or enjoying the present to crafting your future, no aspect of life is off topic. And hey guys, just a quick note that we recorded this podcast before we rebranded our company from iHealth Saunas to Found Space. So if you hear any references of iHealth Saunas, that's why. Today, I'm sweating it out with James Meredith. James is a structural bodywork practitioner and sauna specialist at iHealth Saunas. James practices the discipline of structural integration, finding a sense of ease and adaptability in the body through bodywork and kinesthetic awareness. With two decades of experience in the health industry, James comes to iHealth Saunas with the knowledge that we must be addressing the whole self when looking to optimize the way we feel. And that is exactly what we talk about in this podcast. How do we define health? What is true health expression? We attempt to answer these questions whilst also discussing the built-in mechanism we have for being healthy, the journey we take in life away and toward health, the role happiness plays in overall health, and much, much more. And so I give you James Meredith. So James, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. To kick us off, what's the sweatiest you've ever been? I actually knew you were going to ask this question because I've watched most of your podcasts. Excellent. Um, It's actually easy. In recent years, I traveled to um, Thailand to do some training um, with a group over there, physical training. It's like a CrossFit, like SNC type um, situation for two weeks. Did in October in the wet season, three training sessions a day. Um, and that was the sweatiest I've ever been. I think I, I consistently sweated for 10 days straight. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving Thailand with um, a heat rash condition. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite seriously, um, which cleared up quickly. Um, but, I mean, I, I sweated from five in the morning through till, you know, midnight and probably overnight. Yeah, probably whilst you're sleeping. So, it may not be like the most sweatiest I've been at one time, but when I think of sweating, I just get memories of like constantly sweating in, in – um, in um, camp but it was look it was phenomenal I learned a lot um, not just about physical training but um, resilience and it was it was definitely worth it and maybe some stuff was coming out of my body yeah yeah likely maybe maybe if you took the average amount of perspiration over time yeah then you would that would definitely be the sweetest you've ever been yeah absolutely Thailand comes up a lot when I ask that question, actually. Does it? <laughs> yes. It's like the epicenter of swimming, it seems like. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to have you here today. Um, excited to be here. We've had some amazing conversations uh, prior to this, um, but there's always one question which seems to, <laughs> seems to come up. And it's actually a really interesting question because even just thinking about the people I've had over this podcast over the last several months – 
had some amazing people around the world talking about water fasting, talking about raw foods, talking about strength and had some elite athletes on. And, and obviously, there's this focus around health and, and, and achieving high levels of health. But it's interesting that the definition of health has never actually come up. Like there's never been a, okay, well, how do we actually know when we're healthy? <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of talk about health. There's been a lot of talk about how to, how to get there, but how do we actually know what we're there? And so how do you actually define health? <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> exactly. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think a good place to start is to um, maybe put a disclaimer in there that, what, how does the saying go? My thoughts are my own and, um, you know, this is not medical advice. Oh, right, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, big disclaimer here. Yeah, big, yeah. Dis- big disclaimer. <laughs> These are just my thoughts. Yeah. Random thoughts. So this discussion between you and I started because I think you came into my office one day to ask me something completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and you had about three minutes spare and then 45 minutes later you walked out <laughs> yeah. with a podcast topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my answer to your question I think was um, health is how you feel. Mm. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's where it started. Um, and for me, in many ways, it's still kind of where it sits. Um, and then the rabbit hole is in front of you. Um, after that, um, I—I I mean, I—I I think I—I I didn't look for—I don't think I've ever looked for a definition, but I've certainly, in my own career, looked to maybe a meaning around it in the last ten years, um, trying to find a way of measuring the good or or how to measure the good I'm doing. I mean, if it was in my own private practice, you know, the people um, who are receiving my work as a body worker or whatever it might be or movement, movement coaching. Um, and I found that, um, you know, how someone feels at one particular time um, was about as close as I could get to a snapshot of the worth, if that makes sense. Um because it's just it's it's relative right like i think i mean if we talk about the definition of health today for hours and hours i think by the end of it we'll still come back to the same point that you probably can't define it um you know it's it's an awareness um i think um but i think the conversation or putting the question out there on how to define health is a worthy one because in doing so, we probably bring up a lot of great questions and potentially some solutions as well. Um, so it's a discussion worth having. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's really interesting because <clears throat> I often say to people that everything you've done in your life uh, has le- led you to this exact point. This exact point, this exact moment could be a moment where you're in chronic pain just dealing with chronic pain, right? So, all yes. the actions and decisions that you've made have led you to that point, yep. right? Or, you know, maybe you're in a state of depression and, and there's some mind stuff going on, right? Um, everything you've done has gotten you to that point. 
And I often talk about that in a sense of, so if you want to not be there anymore, mm. then you need to do things differently to the way that you've done them. Um, you know, like our their health in that moment is an expression of how they've made decisions in their life, how they've spent their time, what they've spent their time doing. Um, however, I feel like health is, I feel like it needs to be defined over a time period because- mm you have a couple beers, you feel pretty good, mm. right? So, it, it can't be like in the moment. Well, right there in the moment, that person's mentally, emotionally and spiritually feeling pretty good, right? So, is that then a snapshot of their health um, on a level? I mean, on a physiological level, probably not. But on many levels, probably yes. But the next morning, it switches up. So, which was the true snapshot of their health? Their perception of themselves at the time or their perception of themselves the next day? Mm-hmm. Hence well, the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why I think you need to look at it over a period of time. Yeah. You know, because I think it is how we feel. However, it can't be, well, like you said, yeah, this is the spiritual side of it. But... Um, it needs to be it needs to be over a period of time. Another example would be you eat some cake, mm. right? Or a raw vegan donut. Those things are dangerous. Yeah. And in the moment, as you're chewing it, tasting it, everything's pretty good. <laughs> right. But then after that you'll feel feel pretty crappy. Um, which was healthier. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> which was healthier. It's relative to who you are. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and proclaim that unhealthy is healthy on some some level, right? Um, but I think you need when people are asking themselves how to say optimize their health better. You have to respect that everyone's coming from a different place, and the one thing to one person about say improving their health in inverted commas, um, and another person's that can be can be very different. And like you said, they come from different places. So you have to be respectful of that, I think, when when we're talking about health. And it's also levels as well, right? Like everyone, like you said, everyone's at a different point. Um, you know, I had a friend say to me just yesterday, um, I feel pretty good, Alex. Mm. I'm feeling pretty good, you mm. know. And so I hear some of the stuff that you talk about and it kind of makes sense, but like why do I need to do that? Maybe because he's got balance. Yeah. And it's one of those fundamental words I look for um, in my life, um, and in, in others. Like when I would when I would work with people, do you have ease? Do you have balance? Is there a sense of quiet about things at the moment? Maybe that's maybe you're pretty close to a nice sense of health. Are you moving well? Yeah. Are you eating better? Yeah. Sleeping not bad. Yeah. Sleeping a lot better. A couple of bad habits kicked. Yep. Things are pretty healthy. Have Are there things that could be improved? Yeah, definitely. But on balance, how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Uh, you might be feeling pretty healthy. Mm. So then the question then is, do you want to go out of balance to achieve a new, new, new heights? Do I want to get unhealthy to get healthy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you might be in a, 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 a state of homeostasis yeah. where you're living your life a certain way and 
that's working for you and you feel pretty good. However, mm. so you're at this peak, you know, um, you've done a bunch of stuff, you've achieved this peak, you're feeling great, you're feeling good. However, there might be like another peak, even higher yep. in a sense of well-being, um, in a sense of how you feel. Uh, but to get there, you might have to make some big changes, mm. which I don't think is unhealthy, but it's... You, to what you were saying, maybe you have to go out of balance to get there. Might be a bit stressful. Yeah. You know, so on a physical level, maybe you're someone who um, just doesn't, like they eat all right. You know, maybe they're still eating some packet foods or something like that and getting takeout a bit and still eating red meat every now and then, whatever, mm. but they've found a level of health that they're kind of happy with. Yeah. If they want to get out of there, then maybe they want to um, eat more whole foods and maybe a bit more plant-based and mm. some more fruits and things and maybe they start exercising a little bit differently like th mm. there's going to be a period of time where they're suffering there um, yeah or it's hard um, it's uncomfortable mm. that would be out of balance right it'll be out of balance it'll be out of balance but I think a sense of I think a sense of balance where there's control and maybe control is not the right word but when there's a little bit of chaos and you're out of balance I think you're you're not as close to this sense of health because you cannot see um, what you're striving towards if you consciously step out of balance um, into the uncomfortable because you're trying to achieve like another level. I mean, that takes courage. But you have, a, you have an awareness of it at the time. Um, so you're sort of, you know, you're, you're, you're partially in control of it because you know what's going on, right? I mean, when you, you mean you recently took up surfing, right? Is that right? Yeah. Or again, or. No, recently. Recently. Started, yeah. I if mean, you saw me on a surfboard, you know, <laughs> I started very recently. But I'm sure like when you, when you strive to get out the back a bit more and more and more, I mean, it's uncomfortable, but you know on the other side of that is growth, right? And that is part of the motivation of you doing it. So it's uncomfortable and it takes you out of a sense of balance, but you're striving towards growth. Um, so you're willing to put the effort in to do it. Um, it's not that chaotic. I mean, it's, it, it, can be, it can be difficult for you, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not universal chaos, is it? It's not like someone going through- it's not like madness. It's not madness, right? Um, I mean, that's that slope is, it's kind of, we're sort of engineered to do that, right? Um, I think there's a difference there. So, I, I take your point that um, you're stepping out of the balance, but um, like I think that's healthy. And I think even physiologically you can feel that when you're, going through something like that. Let me put it another way. Someone who's maybe going through the back end of trauma, wasn't their fault, has to deal with it. Their nervous system's shot out because of it, whatever it might be, war, domestic issues. There's chaos there, right? Nothing to do with what you did. It's just something you're going through. Your nervous system's going to react very differently to if you actually chose to step into something that is... Um, unbalanced would you say that's kind of the power of intention and like 
doing something consciously over stuff just happening to you. Yeah, which is which is why we promote personal growth, right? It's why we do personal development. Um, uh, because in that lack of control is growth. It's being outside your comfort zone. It's being outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to smell the roses some days. <laughs> I forget that. <laughs> You're allowed, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You're allowed to have a sense of health some days. Mm. You know, today's good. You know, I'm fine. But the life gives you some triggers when it's time to, you know, go again, mm. um, get healthier. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, do some internal growth. Do some internal growth. Yeah. Personal development, whatever that is. If someone's out of balance in their life, does that show up physically as them physically being not aligned or not oh, I can straight do. in their body? I mean, even... Um, I mean, even physiologically, you can do. We know that skin conditions are a perfect example. I mean, everything you know. I don't say everything's connected. Everything is connected, right? Your your body, your mind. Um, I mean, the evidence is really strong. I mean, everything is connected. Um, if there's things that are challenging us, that we're not potentially dealing with those things in a way that is productive. It will manifest in the body. Potentially, you will see it. You'll see it in, it could be a, you know, I mean, what we know is, I mean, chronic inflammation is a perfect example um, of the body looking to drive something out of its system Um, um, or, you know, somehow regulate. You know, the body's just a great regulator. It likes homeostasis homeostasis it loves balance that's what it does um it aims to head towards that all the time um you know and if there's something disrupting that function um you're gonna see the body having to work hard too hard overpowered in that system and you'll start to see that manifest um not just physical things people's behaviors like the guy on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy on the plane. Do I have to? Do we, do Maybe we won't, I won't go explain there. that. Yeah, but it's it's true, right? I mean, we all, you know, it'll it, it'll it'll come out. There, there's you'll find. I mean, I, an analogy, I guess, is when I was, um, you know, in my practice when I'm looking to help people. Um, say just just move better we look for patterns of behavior in the body um uh, you know we look for and it's not just some it's not always physical patterns but behavioral patterns in the body um and why like why are you stuck in that position you know why can't you come out of it Kristen would probably uh, be able to talk more on this than <laughs> right than, uh, than i would but um but um, yeah, I'm not sure where we were going with that. Mm. But uh, well, I I find it I- interesting. I mean, the physical body is a representation of the mental. Yeah. Oh, everything's right? everything's connected. That's where I was going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, we we know that that um, you know, I've I mean, I've I've seen 
I've seen physical um, changes in the way people move uh, that are due to the to the physical nature of their body, you know, um, and had to be. I've had to be careful trying to manipulate that, you know, through tissue. Um, people carry carry trauma and so forth, um, and I, I think inherently we know this. Right. I mean, modern medicine may have denied it for a long time, but I think if you surveyed each individual human being in the history of time, they'll tell you that, yeah, you know, if this is out, then that's out. Um, and if this is going really well, all of a sudden this starts going a bit better. You know, if I start eating a little bit better, um, you know, maybe eating a little less frequently, start moving a bit more. I'm talking to my friends and family a bit nicer and they're talking a bit nicer to me as well, you know. Um, I'm being a bit more productive at work. Um, I got more out of that book that I read. Oh, I read that book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything's connected. It's not just the knee bone, the knee bone. It's not just the knee connecting to the foot, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, you know, I mean, I don't want to, maybe this is where we jump down the rabbit hole a bit, but, you know, it's it, it universally everything's connected. You know, you give a bit. Um, you'll be allowed to take a bit too, you know, and that sense of balance mm. um, is a bit easier to achieve. You know, I used to really focus on the physical and I'd forget about the, the mental or the spiritual side of things. It's like, well, if I just eat well and I move and I drink water and I do those physical things, I'll be fine. But you have to do both at the same time. It's a good start. It's a good start, Yeah. Uh, but then as you start to work in those physical areas, then emotional stuff will come up anyway. Um, and if you deal with it, good. And if you don't, you'll still have the physical things going on. You know? Yeah. Or you'll still have those patterns in your life. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago, right? Um, this concept of um, of uh, it, it, it's about it becoming part of who you are, right? Um, everyday things that you know, like there's some fundamentals um, that we know work. Um, that you got to build it in, though. You got to build it in. Mm. Yeah, you got to build it in. Mm. I mean, that's why I love morning routines and evening routines and all those kind of things because I, rem- I remember morning routines. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, Maybe not so much since uh, Rory's come into your world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but whether it's a, you call it a morning routine or whatever, for me, it's just a time when I can build in these things into my life. Yeah. Um, so I'm addressing them, um, these fundamentals of being healthy. Um, and then it becomes who you are. Yeah. It becomes part of you. Yeah. And I, and I look, and I think, look, getting back to our initial question was how do you define health i mean that i think what we're starting to get to is well you can see what can happen if you start to define it you can start talking about a whole lot of random thoughts but you can really start to knuckle down when you think to yourself okay what can i do to give myself this this let's talk about it maybe in the sense of a greater sense of balance right um or health right and then we can absolutely start nailing down on some things that work um but you got to work at it Right? You've got to put these things in play um, because you know how you'll feel if you don't uh, and they have to become – I mean, I've, I've seen enough of it in my career um, day in, day out that 
you can't you can't get away with it. I mean, after a certain age, or being you've had a, a great upbringing and you know you weren't born with any particular issue that you had to deal with, um, you get a great head start. Right, I had a great head start. Um, I hope you had a great head start too. And then we do something with it about the age of I don't know, late teens, twenty something, yeah. thirty something, yeah. and then we're got to come back. It's that coming back. Um, I mean, that's who I'm involved with, primarily. If I if I think about it now, um, you know, not just in in our, in our business, but um, or in your business, <laughs> <laughs> the business, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but in you know in what I've done in the past, it's about bringing people back into that. Um, you know, you had a great start. Let's get back there. Um, and you got probably twenty years to do it. Um, you need to do it now um, because we need some of these statistics starting to go backwards. You know, chronic pain, chronic inflammation, diabetes. Um, uh, it's, it's not working, people. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about human nature that makes us want to depart from that? that good start that we got because it seems to be uh, we turn 18 and then well, certainly in my life you start drinking going out with mates you have yeah. the freedom you have the freedom to yeah. go and choose what you want to eat when you want to eat how you want to live your life and then 15 20 years go by yeah and then things start going wrong well um i mean maybe you've answered it already i mean and i'm probably not qualified to be answering this at all but i mean from my from my experience it's um um, I I have a friend of mine who's a psychologist did say to me once that at some stage everybody needs to question and rebel. Um, it's a part of the human condition. Uh, it just maybe not going back millions of years, but it's just part of sort of you know I don't know, you know, I don't know the last thousand years of evolution. It's just the young want to uh, find out, right? experiment for lack of a better term um but i remember that i remember them saying that um you know everybody at some age needs to rebel from whatever their norm was and then the tricky part is negotiating that period and coming back mm. Mm. coming back to um a place where you maybe where you were or you know the things weren't that bad in the first place there might be a little bit of something in that like it might be built into us um you know, and I also think it's it's youth gone wild, eh? Mm. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of things to do in this world. There's a lot, a lot of things, things to, to do this, to try, and you've got you said, you said it yourself just then. You know, there's a bit of freedom, mm. um, access to it. I was lucky growing up because we had a sauna in the home, and people coming in to use the sauna, so I was always seeing not not really not really sick people, but people that had health issues always they were either in pain or they didn't have any energy or they just didn't look like they were experiencing a high level of health and so i i saw the end result of a life spent eating poorly and not exercising and doing things that we don't enjoy and mm. just day in day out well, there's another person mm. not not having a good time mm. you know that was very motivating for me because you can only see so much and then you're like, okay, well, I'm just not going to do what those people have been doing yeah. because I don't want to end up like that. Maybe, maybe it's a fear of death in me. I'm not, I'm not sure. But 
I was privy to that to some degree. I think a lot of people don't understand the implications of making poor decisions with their health because they don't see the end result. You know, maybe they've got their grandma who's got something going on, but it's kind of like, it's kind of hushed away. Like it's, oh, it's grandma, it's grandpa or my dad or whatever. But it's not like, oh, this is actually what happens on a global scale to millions of people if they live 20 or 30 years of their life not implementing the right lifestyle choices into their life. People just don't see that, right? Yeah, people are complex. (laughs) (laughs) There is so many facets to someone's belief system. Um, that they bring to this, you know, this, this, uh, to how they want to express their health or not. You know, how do you want to, you know, we've spoken about it before, health expression. What does it mean? You know, how do you want to express your health today? And then the answer that comes from a whole, you know, belief system structure. I mean, those people that were in, in your home, I mean, they were, they were finally in your home looking for a, looking for a solution. Um, yeah, it's a vexed issue. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. I mean, we could be here for, we probably are going to be here for hours <laughs> ex- exploring it. But I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I've used the word relative probably too many times already, but I mean, the child living in a Syrian refugee camp, mm. you know, camp, I mean, they just want water, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. That's how they define their health. That's how they would like mm. to express their Surviving. Health. Survival, right? Um, whereas we define it very differently uh, because we have that luxury. Spot on. Took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I think the reason that the people were coming into our home is finally that they'd gotten a big enough sign that something was wrong. And only then did they perhaps get the fear of death in them on a very yeah. deep level. They were in the shoes of that kid in the refugee camp. Yeah. yeah. It just took them 75 years to get there. I mean, what a life of luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was just the pain of being in that moment for them that then they decided to do something about it. Um, but yeah, like it's a societal problem now that we, we don't see that. We don't have that pain early on yeah. to, to make us want to do something because if we did and if we saw the outcomes, uh, we would take action on our health right away. Well, we have the pain young enough, but we, we have also things in place to mask it, right? So, what are some of those things? You know? I, mean, I mean, just have a look at modern diet, right? The power of sugar on children in a way that controls them. You know, that kicks off a not only a pattern of behaviour that you know we're, I know now we're trying to get away with, which is fantastic. But also, there's a lot of fantastic security in sugar. You, know, you can mark, you can mask, you know, making other decisions by by using sugar. I mean, look how that trans, transcends from childhood to adolescence into adult, and then try and take sugar off an adult. Right, you're not allowed to smoke. You're not allowed to drink. And you're not allowed to have sugar. Uh uh-uh. uh. I've had that since I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm keeping that one. 
you can take that one off me, you can take that one off me, but you're not taking that one off me. Why? Because, oh, you need something. Don't you need something? This is why I love fasting, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because everything gets stripped away. Yeah. You know, you asked me earlier uh, when we were chatting, um, how, how's your life up here? You know, and one thing I, I didn't say was, Oh, well, actually, no, you asked me if, if it's worth moving for the weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one thing I observed coming up is that um, I've built this life here where I've got a lot of space, uh, both physically but also mentally. Um, I, there's not much distraction from being in this moment or just from who I am and what am I doing and and. Um, what am I? What am I doing here? And th- there's nothing getting in the way, or there's much less getting in the way of me sitting with myself here than in Melbourne, right? That's kind of what I created up here, and the power that comes with that, having that time mm. to actually really be able to contemplate uh, what what it is I'm, I'm I'm doing in my life as as a man. We have that purpose, so it's, that's it's really important to me. Um, and how am I spending my time and what am I putting my energy into, what things serve me well, what things serve me don't. I have the the time and the space and the mental space to be able to contemplate that more up here. And sometimes that's beautiful and sometimes it's really fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, but that leads to some pretty healthy habits, right? Yeah, absolutely yeah. it does. Um, however, I guess sugar is one of those things that gets in the way, right? Because we're always eating ourselves out of thinking something or wanting to take action on something. Yeah. And that's why why I am such a big proponent of fasting because everything's taken away if you do it properly. And a proper fast is like sipping water and laying down, you know, being on nature's uh, operating table, if you will. And, and you're not on any devices, you're not eating anything, you're not having that sugar fix. And so, all of this stuff comes up, stuff that you were masking, hiding from, running away from, and you got to deal with it. Yeah. Um, or or you got to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and for some people, I, um, I would imagine because I haven't been through it, but for some people, that's physical and for some people, that's emotional. Yeah. Some people, it's both. Yeah, I, I, I actually, for everyone, it, it's both to some degree. Yeah. Because as we've said, they're connected, the physical and the, and, and the emotional are connected anyway. Yeah. You know. And it's, it's about getting back to that fresh start that you had once. Yeah. And how, how close can you get back to it? Um, yeah, how, you know, how, how close can you get back to, it's like getting back to that childhood state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's powerful. You can actually get get pretty close. Yeah, right back <laughs> in nappies. <laughs> At some stages, um, most certainly. Uh, but it's it's true. I mean, like it, it. Um, like getting back to uh, like I've we often when we're trying to help people learn to um move again or walk again like post-surgery and whatnot i mean primal child rolling and movement patterns are used quite i mean by good practitioners that get it um they're used a lot you know um because we're gonna what we're gonna do is 
we got a hunch that you probably weren't moving um, with ease in the first place. So let's like, let's take you back to when you were like four, right? And let's get you rolling and then half kneeling and squatting and crawling and then we'll teach you how to like like rehabilitate your knee. Mm. It's a similar thing, right? For your brain. Yeah, it's like a rebirth in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to come with you next month. No. <laughs> 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 that's fair enough <laughs> um, yeah you know you touched on an interesting point there about going back to childhood in this world we live in where you've got to be adults you've got to have responsibility and yep. you have to um, I guess do adult things in life uh, and we're, we're taught to kind of suppress the, ch- the inner child in us but then when you start to do a lot of this work, you kind of got to go back to basics, back to what we did learn as a child and back to expressing ourselves as mm. if we were younger, you know. Um, peel away some of the layers that are on top of us, all this bullshit and trauma and, you know, negative beliefs and whatever and just go back to who we were a little while ago. And be accountable to it. Mm. I mean, I'm... <clears throat> I've just started teaching a human (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, it's as beautiful as the experience is. Um, Every day there's a, oh, where did I get that gold nugget of information from? Right. I mean, that just sounds primarily like a really great idea for a kid to behave or not behave in such a way or, Mm or whatnot. I should really think about doing a bit more of that in my own life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, um, you know, absolutely I'm going to make it a fundamental for my son. Um, and I didn't even like write that down as a thing I'm going to teach them. It's just, I mean, just insisting, right, um, that they are the best versions of themselves until they are of an age where they can look after themselves. Um, but until that time, um, so until they're about 28 until they're until, <laughs> according to my wife until they're about 48 <laughs> right <laughs> um, you know my, my point I guess is um, yeah, you know I guess it why do we like it goes back to your original question from maybe half an hour ago like why did we let it go in the first place mm. um, <clears throat> yeah it's um, it's boggling yeah it's just a it's just kind of the the path that we take. Yeah. We stray. We have to stray. We have to go out on our own and do our thing and figure some stuff out for ourselves. So maybe that taps into the to part of the definition is is just awareness, right? Part of the definition is um, it's a line in the sand um, moment that happens periodically, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, who knows, um, where you have a snapshot of um, um, you know, of how you f- how you feel. Maybe I was right in the first place. Mm. <laughs> in this particular time, um, you know, it's it's an awareness um, followed by an education, um, followed by an understanding of cause and effect. Mm, all that stuff has an effect, is having an effect. Um, so maybe I should change some things. Um. Maybe I need to start intervening. Is it too late? 
Um, hopefully not. But what can I do to intervene to get back to this sense of health? Okay, well, you know, what do I need to do? How do I express my health? You know, um, what actions do I take? What actions do I take? Who do I talk to? What do I need to change? It's too hard. How do I get inspired? Where do I start? Does it really matter? How much better will I feel? Or will I really feel that much better compared to what I do today? Like, do I really feel that bad today? It's almost tapping into that intuition. I often, I often say to people, if you ask, if you ask someone uh, what you need to do to be healthy, everyone kind of knows. Yeah. <laughs> this is my point. It's built in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's programmed in. Yeah. Hopefully, if you've had a good start- mm. All the things being fair, I don't want to sound like a couple of white guys sitting there, you know, going, um, though we all get great starts. Yeah. I completely understand that we don't. Mm. But for those of us that did, um, and for those of us that didn't, again, it's about this awareness um, and understanding how we can start to intervene with some of these things. And it's understanding how, it's understanding the road. So I like what you touched on there about awareness. I think it's, having that awareness at multiple times throughout your your week or your month or your year to say like how am i actually feeling right now like what like if i had to give my health a rating yeah <laughs> what would it be and doing that consistently over a period of time and then the, oh i've actually rated myself kind of shit for the last yeah. 3 months yep. right i think that's a really good point yeah that, that awareness needs to be there to actually assess like what is going on in my health right now is it working for me or, or is it not? Yeah. However, there's also the route to that point, right? So, how did we actually get there um, in that moment of feeling good, feeling bad, feeling ecstatic? And the route there is the actions that we that we take, and it's how we it's it's actually how we interact with everything that we do, every single choice that we make, whether to drink that glass of water or whether to not drink it, whether to go and sit in the sun or whether to yep. stay on the laptop inside, whether to eat something clean or eat something not clean, all of those choices and actions that we take um, lead us up to those moments of awareness where we're feeling good or whether we're feeling bad. Um, and give yourself a, like a fair body of work to look at too. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Like, take a bit of pressure off yourself. Don't look at it from day to day. Like, give yourself three months to, like, look back at the last three months or the last year. Because it's funny, right? I mean, you can, you can always think about patterns of poor health um, and you can put, like, mentally, I think you can put um, weeks and months together, you know. But then a really good healthy day, you can put it down to, like, one day when I felt great that day because I went and sat in the sun or, you know, I backed off the unhealthy food and that was great. I need to do, I need to do more of that, you know. Um, and then it's a matter of doing it. Then it's a matter of doing it, yeah. Is it um, – I was listening to that um, – It's quite. I think it's quite a well-known, well-known posted YouTube clip on this. Steven, Steven Sinek, you know that? Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Yeah. You know, he talks about, you know um, – how do you know you love your wife? Have you heard that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the metric? Give me the metric. When did you know? Health is the same, right? You can't, right? It's, you're going to have, you know, he makes the point that you're going to have 
um, you know, you're going to have bad days. Actually, no, he is talking about health. I think at the time he's talking about, you know, if you go to the gym one day and come home and look into the mirror, um, you're not going to see any change. If you go to the gym the next day and look in the mirror, you're not going to see any change. But if you consistently go and you can have bad days as well, you'll see the difference over a long period of time, right? It's it's exactly the, the right um, analogy to make that he makes. Yeah, it's what we do over time. It's what you do over time. Yeah. Take some pressure off yourself because your mental health and emotional health is just as important as your physical health. Mm. So don't feel like you have to run, you know, the New York Marathon by Christmas. Yeah. Um, but find out what works for you. Find out what's going to get you back to some of your fundamentals. What were some of the things that made you feel happy and healthy growing up? You know, maybe it was, you know, playing a particular sport or having a particular hobby, being around a particular type of person. Um, you know, what was it a, What was it that you did that helped you express yourself the way um, that made you feel fantastic? Um, I think that's a, like, that's a fundamental question for me when people want to get healthy is um, what do you want it to look like? Would that be health expression? That, for me, that's health expression. And it's different for everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, some people might want to go and pick up surfing, right? Yeah. Uh, and be able to surf and then mountain bike ride the next day. Yeah. And then go for a run the next day. Right? Whereas for others, it might just be, I just want to be able to walk every morning. Yep. And it can change. And you have to honor when it can change. Sometimes it has to change, right? Let's look at populations of people that don't get a choice because I know I feel like we've been speaking about people that get a great <laughs> chance at life at the start. I think it's safe to say that most listeners probably <laughs> are having a great great chance compared to the potentials. Yeah. Um, but it is you, it, you have to note that. But that, that's the thing, you know, we, we, we have this choice. We have a choice now uh, in – for a lot of people in Australia, not everyone, but most people have a choice. You know, there's never been more stuff out there telling you that we're all doing the wrong thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we most people know what a better thing is, and there's some access to some fantastic um, resources out there. Some better than others. Um, that can help yeah I think I think for me the, the, the key or certainly in my life it was I saw what the end result was and then I had a choice and for me well I, I wanted to experience I realized how I wasn't as healthy as a human being could be so I wanted to experience what it would be like to be closer to yeah to that yeah I mean you're, you're I mean we've known each other for what, a couple of years now mm. You know, your story is inspiring, but it's also, um, you know, it's also, uh, um, you know, you feel, you know, you, you you read your story or, you know, get to, get to know you and um, it's confronting mm. um, for, you know, it was confronting, it's confronting for me, um, you know, um, I like to consider myself relatively healthy um, and, uh but, you know, the, the journey that you're taking yourself through is incredibly inspiring. Um, 
but it's a it's it's looking in the mirror for for those those around you you know um in a very healthy way to see okay like what i mean i would i would love to know what it feels like to come out the back end of a 30 day water fast one day mate one day <laughs> come up and fast with us it'd be great <laughs> I'm too busy teaching Rory what pureed carrot looks like at the moment. So <laughs> that's an important thing. It's an important thing. Yeah. Um. But the, yeah, it's um. Mm. Everyone's journey's everyone's journey's different. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. I guess I was I was probably trying to get on the soapbox there, and maybe I don't need to. But I guess I was what I was saying was. A lot of people have our choice, have a, a choice to be and live healthier. Um, and it's so much easier now than it was 30 or 40 or 100 or, you know, 200 years ago, perhaps. Um, or maybe not 200 years ago. Maybe it was easier to be healthy back then because culture hadn't dictated all this unhealthy stuff that we live with. But we have a choice and I just hope more and more people make the choice to, to live healthier. Because through doing that, we create a healthier world, you know. Yeah, I think I think um, my take on that is these we have to now because we have the awareness of the other side. Whereas potentially a hundred years ago, ignorance was bliss. You're, you're living through the depression or heading towards one quite quickly, um, just getting fed you know, on the streets of a capital city with five kids, um, living in one home, not separated from all your loved ones because that's what you did. It was incredibly connecting, but you had nothing, but it had a wonderful sense of family community. and community and that's how they, you know, that's how people define their health. Whereas now we don't have a choice because right? if you're not healthy, you're going you're gonna to hear about it. No, but my, my, point, my point is um, – because there's, I mean, there's so much opportunity now. Um, if you want to, you can, you know, you can take it. You know, in our society, mm. all things being equal, mm. um, um, you know, you're absolutely right. It's an interesting point you touched on. Uh, I spent time with my nonna and nonno from Italy, mm. and um, they just came, you know, they just came from a completely different world where there was survival. You know what? What? Let's look at the the main food groups in Italy, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like it's wheat. You know, it's tomatoes, it's olives, all these things that grow well in that climate. And like, why wheat and why rice and these sort of things? Because they were easy to grow, they were cheap to grow, they lasted a long time, and they fed the masses. That doesn't mean that it's optimal for human health and human consumption. You know. Um, but coming out of you know the the Great Depression and um, and the wars, um, our world's just been built around those those foods and some of those lifestyles. Yeah, anthropologically, it was the right thing. It was the healthiest thing for that group to do, of that subsection of, of humanity to do. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's so hard for people to um, walk away from that now. Because like even in my world, like I was, I grew up eating that stuff. And then I was like 18, 19, 20, early 20s started realizing, oh, mm. maybe bread's not that good. Maybe I don't need to eat yeah. ravioli every second day. So, it's, an, it's a snapshot. It's an awareness. It's, a, um, it's an audit yeah. of where you are 
right now, given your background, your belief system structure, your motivation, where you want to go, and how does that make you feel today? Yeah, and that's a choice. And that's your choice. And today that's your definition. <laughs> um, and that's different from every, for everybody. Everyone's going to have an absolutely different one. I mean, we haven't even spoken about, you know, women's health, different continents, different socioeconomic factors. Um, but primarily, it's it's just it's just the individual and the awareness and the education that comes with it. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, we're we're talking really high level. Um, but it's important to have that kind of approach to it because in cer- certain people are going to have to go down certain certain routes to achieve a higher level of health or to um, to feel better in the moment as they're more aware, you know, over time um, and as they're assessing their awareness over weeks or months. Mm. Uh, they're Sorry, not assessing their awareness, but they're aware of their overall sort of how they feel, um, the routes that they'll have to take to it to feel better may differ depending on yeah. where they live or whatever they've been exposed to. Um, but I think it's important to know or to be clear on, okay, well, I've, I've kind of assessed my how I'm feeling over a period of time now and I'm, I'm not actually feeling very good. So now I can start to, to do some research and learn a bit more. Yeah. And I, th- I think if it's a – if you look at maybe – what we're trying to achieve today scientifically. I mean, are we starting to now come up with a method that is true for everyone that you can test and um, um, can each individual put this in play? Can you, can you audit your, can each individual on earth audit their health um, if they're in control of their, um, you know, of their um, somewhat in control of their lives? Are they able to put these questions to it? And I think we all can. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. You also, jumping back to that uh, Italian piece that I was sharing there, yeah. when I was in Italy a couple of years, I I met a bunch of family that I'd never met before and it was this whole amazing experience. Um, they were all a fair bit older. Uh, and I remember writing in my journal um, one morning, like, wow, everyone here is so happy. Like the connection that they have in family in this, in this particular family, but it was a sense I got of just being in Italy in general, is that there's descendants upon descendants mm. upon descendants all living in the same home and just the sense of family was incredible. Mm. And they all were really happy, you know. Uh, certainly from my experience there now, obviously there's moments where they're not, but they seem to just have a happiness in life, you know, a contentness. And I remember writing in my journal thinking, wow, they're so so happy here like and that and that i know is a critical piece to health however it wasn't the own like it didn't sit above everything else because <laughs> all of them were on some form of medication <laughs> blood thinners you know uh medication for their hearts or painkillers um one of them had had diverticulitis and you know they've got a uh uh, like 700 bottles of wine downstairs in their cellar and they've got a, a meat cutter in the kitchen and 
because that's the culture, right? And it was interesting. It was just like they're happy, but they're not living a really high level of health. Um, however, in saying that, um, you touched on something earlier about um, you mentioned happiness and I think that also plays a part when we're assessing and when we're saying, am I actually healthy? I think the next question almost needs to be, am I happy? Truly happy. Yeah. 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 There's different levels to that. Right. Yeah. Like, like on a, on a deep level, I guess, and understand what what happiness is, you know? Um, But I think that has to be one of the next questions because that's going to influence your health expression, right? It's going to influence what choices you make. Once you decide, okay, I do want to improve in some way, shape, or form, or I do want yeah. to feel healthier, um, if you know whether you're happy or not, will shape your health expression from there. Do you think that, um, from in your experience, that most people you've known or know are more acutely aware of whether or not something is something that makes them unhappy? versus something that makes them unhealthy? I think, oh, that's a good question. I think one thing I, one thing I know is that I don't think people regularly ask themselves if they're happy. I don't, like, I, I don't think that's a regular assessment for people. You think they're on about par? I'm stuck here. I'm not going to be able to get out of this situation. I mean, I'm incredibly unhappy. Mm. I'm stuck here. I'm really unhealthy. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to get out of this situation. I think they're almost linked in a way. They're very linked. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Otherwise, (laughs) I didn't know where we were going to go with that. That could have gotten a bit squirrely. Yeah. (laughs) Next, next bit. Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Happiness. Yeah. I'm trying to think who it was, but um, I, have heard and I agree that um, that um, you know family the breakdown of the family family is the cornerstone of our civilization of our current civilization it, it is I mean regardless if you if you um, what belief you have of where we came from um, the connection of family um, uh, you know is the cornerstone of our civilization and the breakdown of that family um, must be linked to um, a lot of what we're talking about. Mm. I'm not just talking about your immediate family, um, those that bring you into the world, um, but this the sense of community and happiness. Because you can get that sense of community happiness just with one other person, right? It doesn't have to be a collection of people, but obviously the, the greater that collection of people, um, the more powerful it is. Mm. Um well, I think there's a limit, or not a limit, but I think I think there's like an optimal number of a size of a community before it starts yeah. to actually lose its yeah. uh, its juice, if you will, its potency. But I don't know what that number is. No, but I I, I have a feeling it's not more. It's, uh, I have a feeling it's around like a greater community of like fifty people or something, and then outside of that, it's like. More yeah. people doesn't mean better sense of community. That's right. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the podcast. Um, the guy on the podcast I listened to to talk to this exact point. Right. Um, when things start to break down after a particular 
Um, so, you know, nine million people living on, in one small city on the east coast of a country um, is thwart with danger um, for society, for health and happiness. I mean, that's that's kind of what um, this study was sort of looking at. Was of course things aren't going well. Look at you, you're all living on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How can that be good? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're worried about price of you know cost of living and price of housing and cost of food and the quality of food and and you're expecting all these things to fall from the sky it was spread out people <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of missing the point in a way yeah it's interesting though thinking about your question around health and and happiness and the link i think it also depends on how that one how that person defines health right <laughs> Be- <laughs> <laughs> but it does. Yeah. Because if you define being healthy as surviving, yep. then, which incidentally, it's funny actually to think about that and, and think that when measured, oftentimes the, the happiest places in the world are the, are the poorest and yep. sometimes even not, not so healthy, right? Yep. Um, but it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, there's there's plenty of people who aren't actually anywhere close to living optimally healthy, but they are happy. Keith Richards, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the Italian non. Poor Keith Richards gets, gets thrown up as this example, like <laughs> decade after decade after decade. It's because he's 145 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of alien, <laughs> right? Well, that, that's a good example. Well, I don't actually know if he's intrinsically happy, but he. he Looks like he is. Looks pretty happy to me. Yeah, yeah. But but he's Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> like he's so far from being healthy. Yeah. Right. So I I in some ways that it's they're not completely linked. You know, I think you can no. be quite unhealthy and be happy. No, which is why I'm I think I'm un, I'm uncomfortable with the question in the first place around yeah. the link between health between happiness and yeah. and and the concept the concept of health. Um, I think you're right. I don't think it. I don't. The answer is I don't know. Could there be also a degree of denial w- with someone like that where like, you know, you hear those guys and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to eat steak for the rest of my life and at yeah. least I'll die eating a steak. It's like you're so disconnected from who well, you are. Well, denial, uh, denial is feeding all of the, the, um, the delay in like drawing a line in the sand and, and, and doing something about it. I mean, that's – it's what feeds the denial is the interesting conversation. The denial is absolute, I think. Um, it's there. It's, it's why it's the why it's there, which is a whole other discussion. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we need to get a psychologist in. For yeah, that. Well, I know. I said at the start that I'm not qualified to have this, to do this podcast. <laughs> or these are just these are just these are just observations, right? Mm. Um, but if someone can take something from it. Um, you know, then it's a good thing. Um, I was, you know, just, you know, before we started talking about Keith Richards, I was, I was going to maybe, you know, put to this discussion that, I mean, life in life expectancy, surely, um, has got a lot to do with this, right? We're not here for long. So, you know, how much of, uh, here for a good time, not a long time is in it for people. And like, when does that click in? Does that click in when people maybe go too far down the path? 
And you think, well, I'm probably not going to be able to come back anyway. So I'm going to be one of those good time, not a long time sort of people. Right. Right. There's your denial. Um, Because I don't think you're born with that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, But, you know, life expectancy, you know, is, is definitely... It's definitely in there. Um, you know, if you, if you were born into a world and, um, you know, you learned by the age of six or seven, yeah, the average human would live for 325 years. <laughs> You'll be healthy for 20 years of it and then you're on a downhill slide. <laughs> it's tiring. That's yeah. a long time. People might be, you know, more likely to live a healthier existence. So you, you think that because it's only the last 10 or 15 years of our life where our health span stops and we're just alive but we're not actually healthy because it's a small percentage of our life, people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that. Yeah, goalpost is pretty small, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just you know, that's um, – I mean, my, my, my clinical observation – from what I've seen in my body of work, which is not qualified to talk about anything other than um, you know, the way people present physically and how they want to change that, um, is that it sort of presents the way we've been talking about. People, um, people either get to a position where they find the space they're in unacceptable or they don't. Some people just would walk into my rooms and go, I'm not happy, James, with my relationship with the world. And I want you to help me to physically change that and maybe give me some advice around some other areas. Um, who else can I be talking to? Because I don't want this. I don't know what I want, but I don't want this. Mm. Um, and for some people, they have to explore where they've been without getting too sort of Buddhist about it. But some people have to understand where they've come from before they can – go forward others just no i just don't like this space how can i move forward um but i can tell you from clinic experience there's a lot of people in that space i can't tell you how many need to understand where they've come from or not but there's a particular age where this happens Mm. there's no doubt in, in from my from working, I'm, and I'm going to maybe preface it, preface this by saying, in the Australian Eastern Seaboard community, <laughs> yes. yeah. right? Yeah. This is going to get me out of all the emails we're going to get about <laughs> that guy James talks <laughs> talks from a very limited perspective on on life and healthcare from an Australian Eastern Seaboard perspective. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's people it's people in their forties and fifties um, that want to change, um, which is fantastic. Um, which is good because let's have a look at some of the statistics around, you know, arthritis and some of the preventable arthritis, chronic inflammation and, and whatnot, that it's the right time to change. Um, um, let's shift gears for a second. I know we'll end up back here. Okay. You talked a, you, you talked a little bit about how um, people are presenting, they don't like their relationship with the world and – I've heard you speak about like our our physical body and how like it's how we're represented in space and how yeah. and how our brain kind of yeah, yeah. you want to go down here yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit more about that because I find that fascinating sure. um, 
I guess my, my interest in, in that has its first statements in, um, in body work. That's my perspective of it. Um, and studying great people like um, Ida Rolf and um, in, in later years, Tom Myers and these sort of people that looked at, um, uh, you know, what happens if you change uh, someone's um, physicality um, and their relationship with gravity and what, what can happen, right? Um, or conversely, when someone allows the stresses on the body or the mind or the spirit and their emotions, what, what, um, um, you know, what impact can that have on their physical body? And then like, how does it, you know, how does a revolving door just continue that way? You know, one just sort of leads to the other. Um, and I think it's a really fascinating, um, area. Mm. So as a, as an interventionist, as a, as a body worker, how can I manipulate the tissue in such a way that helps people improve their relationship with gravity and once that person um, can improve their relationship with gravity what sort of space does that give them and what sort of options does it give them um, to be able to not only move better but have a better relationship with um, their environment Um, not just physically but maybe um, sort of emotionally and spiritually as well Um, I don't think I've been doing the work long enough to be able to answer the question I've only been doing it for you know, 15, 16 years or something. Hmm. Um, That's a decent. I'll get time. back to you when I'm 100 and <laughs> <laughs> when I'm hanging out with Keith. <laughs> um, but, you know, in all, in all seriousness, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've studied different forms of body work and different ways to input the body, you know, needles and cups and movement and strength training and whatnot. But um, I think the overriding observation I'll make is, um, and I think that, you know, Coaches and trainers are on the front line. Um, body workers are on the front line, and anyone who is able to just um, uh, create a new sense of ease and space into someone, um, I think there, um, I think there's great benefit in that to people. Because primarily, what you're doing is you're still um, insisting, in many ways, that the onus of responsibility is still on the on the person accepting the work. You're just giving them. And a new option. Here's a new option for movement. Here's a new option for space, physical space, psychic space, whatever it might be. Um, it's what you do with this new space that's that's going to be your journey. I'll help help you continue that journey, but I'll give you as much space as you want. Um, uh, but um, you know, but primarily, it's still it's still in your hands what you do with it. What do you mean by like when you give people space? What do you what do you mean by that? I think there's a is um, that like is that like a postural thing? Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, absolutely, it's, it's a postural thing. I think there's a there's an architecture or there's a there's a psychology to the to the like um, you know to teachers I've had in the past. So these are not my words, but mm. have always spoken to me about look for the psychology in the body, um, and. You know, you you know, uh, you can you can physically as a body worker, you can physically um, uh, open up some of these um, stuck down bits of tissue in the body that uh, that are not allowing someone to um, um, you know to have you know a better vertical position. So maybe in a very real sense, 
um, if you have a look at some of the um, first intentions of um, of uh, working from a, a structural bodywork perspective, you're looking to return the vertical line of the body, right? So if you drop a plumb line down, is someone living in front of their vertical self or behind their vertical self or are they living too much to the left of themselves or to the right of themselves? And what happens if you bring them back to centre? Um, what op- What movement options does that give them? And why were they moving over to that position in the first place? Because sometimes it's not a physical reason. You know, If you have a look at physical depression in the body, it's a perfectly good example, um, you'll find that the body is stuck down in a physically depressed position in areas where tissue has almost become bone-like <laughs> yeah. um, because they don't want to come out of that position. And what happens if they do? Mm. Um, How do you keep them out of that position if you get them uh, out of that position? Yeah. Um, I think they, they, have to want to, they have to want to receive the work in the first place. Um, I mean, I've, I've started work with people before and then re- and, and stopped or not started in the first place and thought, you know what, maybe, maybe, just, uh, maybe it's just some massage would be probably a better idea um, or some physical training would be better because if, I think this work may not be for you um, at the moment. Um, so that's kind of the first way of getting out of that sticky issue is that you, know, you have to be very clear with them that um, the potential for the work. Um, and then you want to be up for it, you know, because um, you may find something that um, you may not think you were going to find. Um, so, um, but you know, primarily it, you, you're giving people a window of time um, uh, to be able to make change. For others, just the process in itself um, can be very much like a yoga session. Um, people come and receive the work. I mean, structural structural body work in sense is like um, a passive form of yoga. In, in there's many, many, many similarities. You're allowing someone to move the body in a primal movement pattern um, with their own hands and their own body, um, and you're moving as you receive it, and you come out of it and you feel lighter and like there's more space and um, and you've got more options. But it wasn't deep work. It was profound work and I actually feel a little bit emotional about it. I think that's what someone can say. Um, but it, <laughs> but I'm, it's not that I'm getting emotional. Um, uh, and it can be really profound, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really fascinating work. Um, it's primarily for those interested, um, you know, talking about the neural fascial system of the body, the sticky substance that binds us together. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's um, – yeah, it's 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 like it's beautiful work. It's profound, um, and you can definitely make people feel more at ease with it. Why is it? How, how do we feel more open? Is it because the like as we're moving certain parts of us and opening certain bits and working with the fascia, we're activating certain parts of the brain which we perhaps haven't activated through movement? Is that why we get that greater sense of like openness or spaciousness? Um. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, human human movement is an emotional thing to start with. We know that physiologically it comes from the brain. So, anytime you're getting the body to move at its most, at your most optimal, because there is no optimal way of moving, it's what works best for you at the time. Um, then, 
as we know, everything's connected, um, and other things will other things will improve. You know, chemically, just you know, endorphins and these yummy things that can occur. Yeah, or or challenging things. Or challenging I always things. find it so interesting when you go on a dance floor and the resistance that comes up for people because they don't want to dance. You're right, yeah. And it's it's just weird that we have this uh, resistance to doing something which is so natural yeah. to move. But for some people, like, even just doing this is kind of like yeah. weird and like, oh, why would I do that? I don't want to. That's, that's a sociological thing, right? Like, that's a, I don't want to look silly in front of others. Yeah, but I think maybe. Maybe that's m- most Maybe of that's it. just me. But I like there's, there's certain, uh, but even not in front of others, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's certain movements or like even just like moving your hips. Because you do that. And so, yeah. Well, I'm, I move pretty strangely sometimes. But just moving in, in certain ways, I've noticed that over the last year for me, I, I move more differently. I'm more kind of fluid and I just use more joints and move my constellations in different ways. Great for your fascia. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of resistance for people to do that. And I, I, just, I just find that quite interesting. It's like, it's like because they haven't moved that part of them, maybe yeah. they haven't expressed something or they haven't activated that part of their brain in a while. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, that kind of taps into that whole, you know, evolutionary where we don't hunt or run or run away from or run to things anymore. I mean, we um, academically, when we, we study this sort of this, this concept of structural bodywork, we talk about what things maintain good neural fascial body health and we know that things like downhill mountain biking surfing ballroom dancing mm. skipping mm. um where you have a what we call a um like a return a joint return um what impact that? on what the does that mean? well when there's when there's sort of bounce to the body um you're improving the fluidity of the tissue so you're maintaining the elastin nature but it's also very adaptable it can bounce from being collagen so stable you can be under threat and be attacked by the lion and be very strong but at the same time you can be very fluent to run away if you choose to you know you put a pony myself like a white homo sapien male in front of a lion like oh it's sort of awkward <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go. yeah um you know so um yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's um, uh, those type of movements. Um, in a lot of ways, are I can say what's best for the body, um, not what's best, but should be explored by people. Um, absolutely, especially now because we're so sedentary, we're so physically depressed, quite literally, you know, rounded through the shoulders, short through the hips, weak through particular joints of the body that you know we get up and you know we want to move towards health and we can't because we're sort of stuck in these positions um so should i go to the gym and just pound out you know 120 kilos of bench press a week probably not like go and look silly in the garden right (laughs) with some to you a ridiculous looking move and that's potentially going and do some skipping um go for a bike ride potentially for your your current physiological state might be a lot better for you, um, which I think is something that you, um, you've you got some awareness of. Yeah, it's just like moving whatever Feels good, way right? Feels yeah. right. Feels it right. It does, yeah. Not you, putting a lot of load through the body, just yeah. um, 
just I feel happy. Mm. Um, kind of makes you giggle. Kind of makes you giggle, and and I think also makes you feel quite powerful too. Mm. When you're, you know, like you get a kick out of it, right? Because um, the body's sort of it's the balance between um, flexibility, strength, power, grace, mm. all at once. When you can find, when you can find an like an exercise that kind of encapsulates all that. Like I think that's, um, I think that's where you get that um, that buzz. Yeah, it makes me think of um, things that put us into a flow state, like surfboarding yeah. or or um, yeah. surfing or snowboarding or riding a bike. Yeah, you're kind of doing all those things. Yeah, to some degree, not completely, but yeah, yeah. And that's and that's what getting back to sort of you asked, you know, about you know the intention behind. The work, that's kind of what we're looking to do, you know, with this form of body work is get people back to that type of um, mentality around the way the body moves. And if you do that, there might be some cool mental things that pop up as well. Mm. Mm. Um, we started out on a, on a journey to, uh, to define health. Are we any closer? Um, I think we are. I'm going to... I think we are in the sense that we like. I think you and I needed to do this, so, <laughs> yes. so we don't do it again at work. <laughs> so work productivity is going to go up by thirty percent next quarter. Because <laughs> if Alex- anyone's interested in an infrared sauna, <laughs> get in touch with James. Because we're actually going to do some work this month and not try and define health. Look, I think I think we haven't defined it, and I think that's the definition. I think we've. I think we. I think we both agree that the human condition is incredibly complex, um, and that we all come from different corners of the world and different generations and societies and socioeconomic factors and different centuries. And we're all going to different places and coming from um, different backgrounds and have different belief and political structures that we have to deal with and so forth. So all health can be by definition is um, and what it is to you today and whether or not you want to change it um, and or, or not. Um, and understand for you what the cause and effect might be if you decide to maintain the norm um, or go forward. And whatever that looks like for you, um, that particular day is kind of the way you decide to express or define um, what you think about is this word health. Mm. Where would you start if you were someone who did want to make some changes? Where would you say, yeah, check this out, read that? Yeah, like just some that. simple, some simple things. Um, um, like I, I think, I think there's some really simple things you can do. I think writing things down is really, um, really powerful. It's going to help with that awareness piece. Yeah, just awareness. Like, take some time at the start, right? So if you read, you know, if you really bad income about this um maybe just start writing some things down start some observing some patterns in your life um it can be really confronting um excuse me making some of these um changes you know so maybe you know if, it, if it's about removing some things that might be toxic write some of these things down over a period of time and have a look at patterns um, before you make changes this is for some of the bigger the bigger things um, uh, talk to friends and family people that have maybe been through like do this with somebody else find like-minded people that also want to do some change 
Um, you know, make it fun. You know, it's got to be fun. Think about the sort of things that used to make you. It might be, you know, playing indoor cricket with mates or whatever it might be. Get back to some of these things and then you can start scratching the surface on, you know, um, increase your hydration. How are you sleeping? Um, things that are things that physiologically the body will um, help you along the way because you're sort of designed to do it, right? Um, staying hydrated. Um, removing some foods out of your diet that are a real choice for you and not that necessary and potentially they're choices that they aren't really much of a big deal if you got rid of, right? You do it out of kind of, not out of habit, but, well, habit, but they're sort of, they'd be a lot easier to get rid of, right? Um, write some of this stuff down and look at it over a period of time, you know? And maybe and get some coaching. Make yourself accountable if you're someone that needs to. Like find a friend to keep you accountable to it. Um, doesn't have to be an expensive health and well-being coach. That might be later. Um, um, yeah, but don't do it alone. Yeah, don't do it alone. It's a good place to start. Um, I like it. It's yeah. meeting the body's needs. Yeah. You know. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Be aware, get yourself educated, make small change. Small change will become medium-sized change. and You won't know when, but one of those small changes will become a big change, but you wouldn't have noticed. Someone else will notice. It's going back to that Simon Sinek webinar. You won't know. You just Someone will say, geez, you're looking good. Yeah. Yeah, it's that like one degree change in trajectory. Over yeah. a period of time makes a pretty big difference. Yeah. You know, you'll go and hang out with a particular group of people and all of a sudden it won't feel as attractive anymore. It'll be, um, no, I can't do that because we're going for a surf on Sunday morning instead. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh. And that might be confronting for someone else to hear. And that might become their uncomfortable moment. And that might become their line in the sand and all of a sudden you've started to affect your community around you because you decided to make healthy choices. So you've passed it on, passed it forward. And you got a good surf on a Sunday morning. And you got a good surf. <laughs> <laughs> Waves are optimal height. You've dialed in on the board, found the pocket. Happy days. Happy days. Um, if people uh, want to come and see you in clinic, is that an option? Can people do that? Um, they can certainly make contact with me. I'm I'm... I'm, I've, as you know, I've just started a new a, a family. Mm. My, my wife, Penny, and I have a beautiful young boy. Um, and I'm certainly talking all things health and um, solutions for, for people every day mm. in, our, in our work. Um, and I am doing series of body work. Mm. Um, I've got a couple in the, in the pipe works for this year, which I'll work on. You're one of them, mm. hopefully. I'm excited. Um, so yeah get in, get in touch and let's have the conversation um, and, how can uh, people get in touch with you at, on this number here is that, is that, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's I've, always, I've always wanted to do that put it up on the screen yeah you can just email me at work and I'll be, cool. I'll be happy to I'll put the details up that'd be good yeah that'd awesome. be great it's been a pleasure having you on thanks mate I feel like we covered some good ground yeah um, yeah like it was really fun um, and if anyone got anything out of it, then um, 
great. If we've offended anyone, then <laughs> <laughs> can't help you. I can't, I can't help you. These are just random thoughts, right? Um, well, I don't think they're random. I think, I think they're very important questions, actually. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt in the importance of the question. My answers are the questionable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Thanks for having me out. Uh, I look forward to having you on again soon. Take care. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes. 